welcome back to yet another episode of Sweat and Grime. You got Brian, Matt, and Rick in the studio. And on the phone, we have Dueling Lukes from the Dirtbags podcast. Luke squared. How are you guys this evening? What's up? Doing well, boys. Going great. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you guys for uh, coming on the show. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for the invite. Absolutely, Hell yeah, man. We're all about meeting we more guys in the schedule, industry. You know? and, well, yeah, <laughs> and you win by default. So, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. So, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Uh, and and I can't say Luke go first because that's still confusing. So, Mister Payne, got Luke one, Luke two. Yeah, here. Luke one, Luke you two. Mister Payne, like rock, rock scissors paper over there to figure out who wants to go first. Yeah. So why don't why don't the Luke Payne go first? And tell us a little bit about your backstory and kind of how you got into the industry and then kind of how you got to doing your podcast, all the bu- all the business. Yeah, absolutely. So Luke Payne, rocking the mic. Um, wicka, wicka, I, got wicka. The <laughs> <laughs> I got into the industry when I was younger. Um, I, uh, I was at a two-year school at the time, and I was kind of on the cusp of like, oh, I can't stay in school. And I was also working... Uh, full-time at a landscape company. I was like their operations manager for a while. All right. Um, you know, I uh, obviously did the school thing, went to work for, uh, it was called Precision Lawn was the company name. Um, you know, good company to work for, and I learned a lot from them, and I just was kind of like, you know what? I think I can kind of do this on my own. So then I started the company, which is now Black Iron Dirt. Um, started that back in 2018, and just kind of grew it into what it is now. You know, we've got eight guys full time with us now, and our staple. And I noticed you guys had Taylor White on the podcast. Oh yeah, black equipment. Nice. Yeah. So, There's something so about we, that uh, black equipment, man. It's a freaking head turner. Oh, it's they're just they got some sex appeal to them. Fuck no doubt yeah, about dude. It. I would I'd yeah, be afraid so. to use it to like you know scratch it up. <laughs> now, why yeah, would you go over it with black it, when when you could have the breast cancer awareness pink? That's my question. <laughs> because then you got to donate money. No. Pink in town. It's it's actually the oh, opposite. There is a guy that has pink in town? There is, yeah. They All have right. a pink bobcat. Damn. Oh, there you go. Right. You know that's a that's a head turner. And and it's really the opposite, yeah. Rick. I think everyone assumes that you've donated a lot of money when you oh. have the breast cancer awareness. So you don't actually have to donate. You're like, look, I own the pink shit. Actually, it would be pretty cool to donate. Well, like from 10% or something. All right, back to Luke. <laughs> <laughs> it so, would be cool to donate. No doubt about it. Save yeah, most booth, definitely. Right? Um, <laughs> save the titties. Save the titties. Save the titties. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so just kind of, you know, rocking at that. And that's kind of, well, obviously Luke and I went to uh, high school together. And, you know, back in, Luke, what was it, 2019, we kind of connected. Yep, because yep, that was when I started my agency. It was 2019. Yeah. So Luke and I got together and he goes, hey, man, I'm starting this marketing agency. Um, and I and I was like, oh, hell yeah, man, I don't know anything about marketing, so we do my stuff. And from there, it kind of just took off. And today, I'm getting ahead of Luke's story here, but now today, Luke and I have started the Dirt Bags podcast, and that is going to be, you know, we're trying to build that as like a connection piece for, you know, everything contracting. Basically, come up with resources for you know these different contractors or you know resources questions that type of thing that's awesome man answer them and help them yeah um just because i know on luke's side he got a bunch of dms on hey what do i do in this situation or you know you know you know anybody for this and same on my end to where that's kind of where the dirt bag was formed gotcha 
So let's flip to the other Luke before before we kind of delve down that road. Let's flip to the other Luke. Can you give us your backstory and how you got into the industry? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I appreciate you guys having us on. I think this is a it's a cool opportunity to be talking with you guys. So Hell yeah, appreciate um, you here. Yeah. Yeah. So my name is uh, Luke Egebrotten. Yeah, born and raised in northern Minnesota uh, with Luke Payne up here. And uh, right now, um, like Luke said, in 2019, I started a marketing agency. Actually, had no construction experience um, up until that time. Uh, We just did digital marketing for small businesses. But um, as I started um, growing and developing the agency, I realized that there is this untapped market uh, in the construction space, uh, specifically seven figure excavation companies that needed help with digital marketing. So, um, we definitely niched down the last year and we only work with excavation companies that do seven figures and we take over everything from their website to SEO to graphic design and really just become a long-term partner. So that's been a ton of fun. Um, love what I do. And then Luke and I have been working together, like you said, since, early 2019 and, um, just have been, you know, solid partners since. So, uh, that's been a ton of fun. And then, yeah, we started, um, the dirt bags podcast really to, uh, bring more value into the industry, whether people are looking on starting a construction business, they're looking for legal help, tax help. We want to help pair them up with those resources. So that's, uh, that's where that podcast comes in a little, we get a little greasy once a month and, uh, talk business and talk dirt. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. So what made you guys even realize this and recognize it? Like there was a, there was a market for that. Yeah. I think it was like the constant banter that Luke and I would have with each other. Like, Oh, Hey, did you see, or, or, Hey, do you know anybody that does this? Or, Oh, Hey, somebody reached out and asked me this question. Yeah. And we would always talk about that on our phone calls and we're like, well, why don't we make this into a resource? Yeah. It is. I'm telling you, like the construction industry, it's like you think it's all there, but it is hard to find shit. You know, if you want to get into it or if you want to find somebody that does something, specialized in something like it's it's hard. There's no one stop shops, really. You know, you got to dig. Well, and it it also doesn't help that 80 to 90 percent of the industry has a difficult time operating a smartphone, let alone getting into SEO and web design yeah. and graphic design. And yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, a that's a fucking dinosaur, man. Yeah. It's, this is, this is a slow industry to adapt to change and man, the digital world has really thrown this industry for a loop. Um, so one of the questions I had for you, Luke too, uh, is what was your background that kind of gave you the ability to do the SEO and the graphic design and all that? Yeah, it's a really good question. So um, I actually don't do any of the SEO, graphic design, even website building. But what I do is like I I had to really look at myself and say, okay, what are my skills? And my skills are, you know, communication, uh, leading a team, you know, putting things together, strategizing. So I had to put a team together first. So instead of myself learning web design and, you know, having kind of a piss poor website, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to find somebody that's smarter than me that can do websites for our clients. And then, so I did that. Then I found somebody that does SEO, then found somebody that does graphic design better than me. So really worked so on you're just one hell team. of a dictator, you know, you know, and yeah, delegator. Basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you exactly. put tater on the end of that dick. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How'd yeah, you get the tater on the dick? <laughs> that's another story. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's a huge piece 
of, uh, of my business is, is delegating, but not so much delegating, but helping empower people. And I learned that from some of the guys that build with, you know, they I'm pretty close with those guys. And right. it's not like, it's not like you're dictating or, or, you know, throwing things at people. You're, you're empowering them to make their own decisions, yeah. you're empowering them to, you know, see the mission that we have at phaser marketing, but also like, okay, let's, we don't have to go to Luke for everything. Like let's make a decision on our own here. So it, uh, it's been a ton of fun, but once we really start diving into the construction space, that's where I found my passion, like really light a fire and just adding value to these um, men and women in the industry and like helping their business on the digital side is so rewarding uh, to myself and our whole team. Yeah, no, I've checked out your stuff you've done and it's, it's quite, it's, yeah, you it's, got pretty, some good it's stuff. pretty sweet. So how many people do you have working with you? Yep. So we've got about 16 on our team, um, but they are uh, all consistent subcontractors. So right. it's very, it's very common in the digital marketing world for obviously people to work remote and just, you know, do websites for multiple companies. So what I've done is over the last two and a half years is just found people that I really connect with and that are understanding the construction space and then pay them monthly. And we just, if we have 10 websites to do or one, it doesn't really matter. Like I just pay them kind of based off the project, All right. but we have, we have internal project management that, um, you know, so we meet every single week. So it's not like I'm just hiring random freelancers. It's, you know, I have a connection with these people and, uh, yeah, they, they do great work. So these guys aren't all working remotely in like the Philippines and Manila. <laughs> no, they are. Excellent. We've got most of them, almost all of them are in the U S and we have one out in Australia and then, um, a designer out in Serbia as well. But wow. yeah, I definitely, you know, we, we could go that route of, you know, Philippines, but for me, it just, I wanted everyone to have an iPhone. I wanted everyone, like if I had to fly out there to go see him in Tennessee, like I want to be able to do that and, and have a place know, to stay. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Hey, there's nice places to stay in Manila. There, yeah, there is. And actually. they have lovely company. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> so what made you guys really decide to go the podcast route? That's that's something that's really been catching on recently. What what really made you guys pursue that? That's a great question, honestly. I, I think it's the amount of exposure that podcasts bring you know i feel like myself i'm a huge podcast guy i love to just whenever i'm driving just throw on something that i can relate to um so and i know i can't be the only one and luke and i were both like that's the easiest way to get you know content out to people about what we do yeah, how we yeah. do it who we work with things like that gotcha so it, yeah, it is and, one of those things like ever since I started podcasting, you know, what was it six, seven months ago? I don't think I've listened to the radio ever since, you know, I'm yeah. just a podcast connoisseur, you know, whatever it is, something new. And I just like to see what other guys and you don't want the doing. same old, same old no, though. No, you want something new and fresh and exciting. And I, I mean, that's, that's what I've kind of said from, from the get go with the YouTube stuff and then, and then with podcasting. So we did the YouTube thing. And where and that's where I really started realizing that people are turning to YouTube as the new television, but it's a totally yep. custom TV show because you you program your own schedule by subscribing to all of these different content creators, and and it's killing traditional TV because of that, and that's what podcasting mm -hmm. is doing to terrestrial radio. Terrestrial yeah. radio is dying out at a rapid rate, yep. and it's because people are slowly discovering. 
oh, I don't have to listen to the yuck, yuck guy in the morning. I can go listen to some. And the example I always use is if you want to know the history of the shape of a chess piece, you can probably find a guy on a podcast somewhere talking about that. Like you can get that niche down into your interest. And so it's, it's really killing it's an uncharted world right now. Yeah. It's, it's so fun to be part of it. Well, and that's the other thing, too. There's no regulation. It's the Wild West, and you get to do whatever the fuck you want, which makes it's it... It's on fire right now. It is. It absolutely is. Now, what's, what's been uh, your guys' struggle with the podcast? Have you guys been able to keep it up pretty regularly, or you guys yeah, I'll pretty step, much on I'll time? Yeah, I'll step in there. Um, I think what has helped me is that, you know, we have... I also have Phaser Friday, and that's a podcast that... We just do one episode a month. So we matched that same consistency. We said, let's just do one a month and let's just keep it, you know, super simple. And we'll, you know, bring on a guest each month. And what we did with the dirt bags, though, we're trying to change it up. So I'd say as far as the most difficult thing, uh, we're going to do some different things. And I would say that would be the most challenging. Uh, We're actually every other month, we're going to turn it into like a webinar where other contractors and other uh, businesses can jump in to our live basically podcast meeting with our guests. All right. Yeah. So I'm super excited for that. We're just going to say, let's roll it out, you know, honestly, like next week. So we're going to throw out some information for that. And uh, yeah, that way, you know, contractors outside of their day-to-day work, they can learn online and they can learn from these, you know, for example, if we have somebody that's, um, you know, a, a tax professional in the dirt world, like, you know, we're looking for people like this to bring on and, interview them, ask them the questions that we need, that we need for ourselves, but also that other people are interested in. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're super stoked for that. And so I'd say that's, that's the most challenging right now is just figuring out how does this look logistically, but I know we have the support from contractors around the country and even up in Canada too, that just would, would dive in and participate in that. Interesting. So, yeah, I will say that is one of the things kind of behind the scenes that not many people realize is how much, and you nailed it, logistics are involved mm-hmm. in any form of content creation, including podcasting. Like you would think you sit down at a microphone and push record, but bam, we're here. There yeah. is, especially when you start getting into guests and giveaways and all the other stuff, like there's so much yeah. logistics happening on the background. It's a, it's a shitload yeah, of work. We just started this just for the fun of it. You know, you know yeah. the two of them, Rick and Brian started it before I got on and, you know, myself being friends with Rick, you know, one day he's like, dude, we got to me and Brian, uh, my buddy Brian have a podcast going. I'm like, wait, what? And so they interviewed me one day. I was a guest on. And after that, we all connected. So here I am. Mm-hmm. But man, it's just, it is fun. Like we're just, we, we started small. We're still small, but we're, we're getting out to a lot of people and just kind of, you know, giving the every everyday average you know man and woman in the trades a platform to be heard and tell their story it's, yeah. it's fucking awesome well there's so many good stories in a podcast from the guy at the very bottom to the owner at the top and the struggles that they got there and the real stories that you know everybody just thinks they became somebody out of nowhere and it's like let yeah. me hear that story what was the struggles what was the growing pains what's it like now and then to find out a lot of these owners are very caring and loving of their employees. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I didn't realize there was a company out there. Like you that. Know? Yeah. You didn't realize there were gentle lovers in this no. industry? No, not at all. <laughs> you know, one of the things I love about it, and, and this kind of when I when we went to start this, I, I really took 
a lot of time kind of analyzing. I I listened to Rogan for a long time, but I really started analyzing like why I liked that podcast so much uh, back in the day. And it was just because he let people talk about what they do and what they're interested in. And it was like you got this little window into someone else's life. And that was really entertaining to just step out of, you know, and just I always, organic conversation. It is. And it's, I always envision the guy in the cab of their machine or the guy on the framing crew that's listening to this podcast. It's so yeah. nice to be able to take yourself out of that seat where you're sitting bored all day and step into someone else's shoes and, and hear about their life for a little bit. That's, it's just, really unique to be able to do that and yeah. podcasts are i love it i absolutely love it now luke what Which kind luke? Of po- no no it's just in general right. we got luke <laughs> luke in general what kind of podcast do you guys find yourself listening to and catching your attention constantly luke i'll answer this one first the type of podcast and it kind of ties into the question that you guys just asked the podcast i always listen to is like how are they relevant to me? Like you guys had said, you're, that person is basically opening that window so you can kind of see in. But like, I love Rogan. Um, I listened to the Turner Mining podcast for a while. Buildwit is probably, you know, it's it's up there. I love that podcast as well. But it's it's also the informal side to where, okay, I don't know a whole lot about, you know, point A or whatever that may be. Yeah. Maybe it's finances. I'll look into like the finance podcast and be like, okay, what can I learn? Which one's your favorite finance podcast? What What's that? So what, what finance uh, podcast do you, do you uh, find yourself listening to most? Um, I honestly, I haven't listened to any finance. Podcast, oh, gotcha. But I probably <laughs> well, about that. You called him on it. <laughs> I'm sitting there about to plug something in, you know, get, get some good listening in tomorrow at work. <laughs> That's where you just throw out a random one. Like I, I love masturbatory money. It's give, great. Give me a week and I'll, I'll send you something <laughs> through Instagram. Masturbating money. Masturbatory money. Oh, it's masturbatory where you, where money. you're making so much money that, you know, <laughs> but yes, uh, I was going to ask you. So Luke, pain shifting gears a little bit uh tell us about yeah. your dirt business um yeah so black iron um we're a you know we're a small excavation outfit we do mainly basements um we'll do some commercial work but in our area i mean it's a really really thriving area to where there's so many different home contractors to where we kind of want to niche down and work with the people on the more like custom home side. Mm-hmm. Again, like where we're from, we're from the lakes area and there's some pretty, pretty cool mm-hmm. homes that go up in the lakes area. And we want to be a part of those. Um, just cause again, I'm a huge technology guy, obviously like Taylor's 315. We got one of the next gen 315s. We got it outfitted nice. with an end con. Um, you know, so I'm all about making my guy's job a lot easier. Um, and so, yeah, again, I got some really solid dudes that work for me and, you know, they obviously love what they do. So it's fun to, it's fun to kind of let them run the show, if that makes sense. Obviously yeah. I'm more behind the scenes, more paperwork based, and they're a lot of like the face. Cause again, a lot of the contractors that we work with, they're out and about dealing with them. And if they have issues, you know, they're calling me and saying, Hey, what do we do? But again, they have that freedom to where, and that trust to where I'm like, you guys can make that call. I you know, I yeah. trust your decisions on. So yeah, unless you fuck up, and then there will be <laughs> yeah. hell to pay. Yeah. <laughs> unless you guys screw up, then it's coming out of your page. That's <laughs> right. Better do that. So how many guys but, do you have working for you? You said sixteen. I thought. Six, oh, that was on uh, the. So we'll have eight. Oh, eight. Sorry. 
Yep. So we got eight total right now. Gotcha. How's and, inflation played into your guys' business? Uh, I mean, we're kind of, we've always been kind of protected in this North Dakota area. Um, it's really, obviously prices have gone up a little bit, but the amount of work that's out there right now, it, it hasn't really affected us. I mean, we're in an area and I know a lot of people can kind of relate to this to where we have a lot of contractors, but there's a solid few that people know that they can rely on. All right. So I, I think those reliable contractors are a little bit more opt to charging more, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously like the home builders, they're okay with paying that because they know their shit's going to get done. Yeah. So, so that's kind of that's kind of our market where you know we say we're going to do something we're going to fucking do it yeah which is which is fun so your future plans for the company to kind of stay in the niche that you're in or do you plan on growing into other areas kind of what's your long-term goals we'll see i mean there's like i said there's so much competition here and we 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 excel where we're in it's almost like i want to be the master of where we're at and then mm-hmm. if there's a need, you know, kind of knocking at our door, then we'll dip our toes in a little bit. Yeah. So I'm kind of just trying to stay in your lane. A, yeah. I don't want to be a huge municipality company to where they're, they've got a pipe crew, they've got a road crew, they've got um, all these different divisions of it to where I'm like, I just like our little division that we're in because we can, we can kick ass yeah. where we are. Yeah. Now. How have you seen this marketing play into your c- contracting business? Um. Well, really, it's it's fun to see the marketing side of things because, like you guys have mentioned, the dirt world is such a such an old industry to where you have these, you know, older guys and my older, not like 37, 38. I'm talking like <laughs> 60, 65. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. I was about to make that clear. Yeah. Short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were like these mom and pop shops where, you know, maybe they have an old backhoe and a skid steer and that was the excavation business. Um, to where, you know, Luke has really helped us create a brand, you know, and a lot of people are like, well, why do you need to create a brand and excavation company? All you do is get All dirty. All you do is move dirt. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, well, it's when you're, when you're doing it, it's the logistics that go into it. The beauty of the logistics coming together is really cool. And it's fun yeah. to kind of show that side to people like, okay, there actually is quite a bit that goes into this. And showing that process is really cool. And then obviously it helps us to where, you know, people can watch that and they're like, holy cow, that's really fluent how they did that. Or man, that's really cool. Or, or, you know, even the machines, people jerk off to the machines, which is fun, but right. it's all about the process and then your image. You, yeah. got, you got towels and cleaner in that thing? I was about to say, so <laughs> if we ever come out your way, I'm probably not going to run your machine. First crafts is already in there, so you don't worry about it. <laughs> Just roll the latex or the sticks. Exactly. Yeah. Just bring your own joystick condoms. (laughs) So uh, speaking of your machine, uh, you mentioned that you guys had one of the next gen machines with the Incon on it. Uh, Yep. How has that changed your business? Because there's a lot of people in the industries that are super resistant to spending, you know, 50 G's on an attachment. And I think it's because they don't realize what it does to the machine. So can you kind of talk about how that's changed your business? Yeah. So that has changed our business in it. Has, I mean, the productivity is obviously better because we don't say, 
you know, if there's a small area that has to get dug out and a normal machine can't quite reach it or it's, you know, perpendicular with the way the bucket is, mm -hmm. obviously you can spin that thing 360 and get to it. But I feel like it helps more of like the, you know, the guy's side to where they know that they don't have to do as much labor. Yeah. You know, they can stick in the machine a little bit longer. They can keep that AC on them, rock into their tunes. Um, so I think it keeps the morale up a little bit. To It makes their job easier and a little bit more enjoyable. So I think that's been the biggest impact on the business side is just making their job easier. Yeah. Interesting. Do you feel, well, I should ask first, what's the age spread of the guys working for you? Oh, I've got some young guys. I mean, again, I'm 20, I'm 25. I'll be 26 here in June. Um, my oldest guy working for me right now is 22. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, your oldest guy? Yeah. Yeah, my oldest guy. And they're all, you know, that 22 to wow. you know, 20 to 22 range, basically. But it's really cool because my main guy, Dylan, he's had, you know, a lot of friends basically approach him when we were first starting out. Like I said, last year was kind of our Jordan year. It was our breakout year to where we kind of showed who we were. And, you know, there was a lot of businesses that were uh, pretty impressed on what we did. So this year, again, it's just following up from there. Now, he had a lot of now, how many like, years hey, experience do these guys have, you know, coming in at 22? Like, that's that's pretty amazing. Like, taking on, doing basements, doing grading, doing all that stuff. Like, you know, me, I'm just jerking sitting, off in the machine. Yeah, jerking off in the machine, too. <laughs> like, did yeah. they have previous if experience or did they come from that world? Like, in their families, you know, have excavating experience and they kind of learned as they grew? Or did you kind of hire them and teach them, you know, put them in the, the seat of the equipment and just be like, hey, dig a hole. This is how you do it. <laughs> um, so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of split. Like, uh, my main guys, they've all come from excavating backgrounds. Um, you know, they're Dylan, I'll use him again. He came from, you know, a landscaping company. Then he was on a pipe crew on a municipality. Um, you know, from there, he just worked his different jobs through that company. Yeah. And it really kind of boiled down for him was like, I don't feel appreciated. Yep. So he had probably five years of experience coming in. Right. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like residential stuff. It was a lot of commercial stuff. But the same rules kind of apply. Um, but like the other guys, you know, probably one to two years. And it's basically like, hey, here's what you got to do. You throw them in the seat and you just got to trust them to do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously mistakes happen, but we call that the tuition. What's your tuition of learning here? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the way you have to look at it. We don't, you know, with a four year college education, everyone gives you the four years to fuck up and screw up and make dumb decisions. But in the trades, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, heaven forbid you make a, a mistake. And then a foreman all of a sudden is coming out of the woodwork screaming at you. So uh, that's a that's a great attitude to have. It is interesting to me. It seems like the younger generations are catching on to the fact that this technology really has a positive impact. It makes you more productive. You're able to do more work with fewer people. While the old school, it, it's a weird dynamic because it seems like the old school guys almost take it as a point of pride that they're going to spend the extra 20 minutes doing all of the fuckery to clean out the corner of a basement with a traditional excavator instead of buying the attachment that will save them all of the fuckery. <laughs> well, I was talking to a guy digging mainline yesterday and he's running this nice 349, the new gen. And yep. I'm like, so do you use the capabilities? And he looks at me, he goes, I'm fucking old school, dude. I don't need that shit. Yeah. I'm like, well, aren't you putting this pipe on a slope and you could, you know, dial into your and save a shitload of time, six inches of stone spread perfectly. And he's like, I don't need that. 
Yeah. And then as I watch them dig and it's sitting there and it's like jerking off yeah. in the fucking hole, just yanking clay. And I'm just like, oh my God, dude, just hit the button. Yep. Turn it on. Yeah. He's just. Have you had any, any resistance from any of your guys on, on, uh, specifically the tilt rotator, just cause that's a total mind fuck if you've never run one before. No, everybody wants to get in those machines because again, we have we have two hoes that have the tilt rotators on them. So everyone's fighting to get in there because one, they want to get more experience in that yep. side. But it's really fun to run them. Honestly, it's like it a, is. I feel like my generation and that generation, we grew up on a lot of video games, and it's almost like a real life video game. Yeah, where yeah. you have this technology, you take the guessing game out of it, like your old school guys do. Yeah. Do yeah. you guys do you guys use the grade overdig production and stuff that's on those machines? Oh yeah, we use everything. Like when we load trucks, I know like when we when we pull a scoop, it's got like an onboard weighing scale. And no obviously shit. we have load restrictions right now. So when like we load trucks, we know we're set. So that's interesting. And that's the difference between the old guys and the new guys that are coming in. Because without that technology, if you didn't have the fucking experience and you know she's full seat, when the tires start to squat, yeah. <laughs> but you know the watch, the watch a good guy actually dig pipe or dig a basement and put it right on grade. That was skill. Yeah, you know. Correct. But now you watch this stuff come over, and the guys that are, you know, a couple years in, they could click the button and basically dig a base out dig the old school guy anymore because of the technology, and they just don't want to adapt Correct. to it. Well, and the other thing you have to recognize is the technology itself, and this is the old school guys that really just don't grasp this. The technology itself, though, is a whole separate skill. They they treat it as though... It's foreign. Well, not even that. It's that it somehow sissifies you as an operator because yep. you're a pussy that can't pull grade. Well... I'm sorry, but the young pussy that can't pull grade is digging circles around you because you mm -hmm. refuse to push the button. And now that being said, on this on the same token, the guy that's pushing the buttons also knows how to run that system so that when Correct. you're in chunky clay, he knows how you need to dig with it. I mean, it's just like GPS on a dozer. Everyone yep. said, oh, that's going to all your skill based operating has gone. Well, no, it's just an entire neat, an entirely new skill set you have to learn. Well, and now you don't Correct. have to you don't have to over inflate your numbers, you know, when you're estimating, you could dial in pretty accurately and still have like a 10% buffer. Yeah, absolutely. Not have all this extra overburden you got to get rid of. You know what? Well, Real men really lose money. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it yeah. is silly to me how resistant this industry is to change specifically regarding technology and that kind of uh, Luke. And I'm sorry, what was your, it's not Luke McLovin, but McLovin's coming to mind. What was your last name? Uh, Eggabrod. I was close. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely so, close. So I, I almost nailed it. I'll probably have it on the next one. <laughs> Just a few alphabets away. Yeah. So um, on the technology note, uh, what has been your big resistance when it comes to contacting these companies and kind of coming at them with, I mean, you're all technology. Now it's not machine yeah. focused. It's, it's more web and marketing focused, but what's kind mm -hmm. of been your feel of the industry? Yeah, to be honest, um, we have a pretty lackadaisical sales system where I'm not going out and cold calling. Um, most of our clients and partners come to us, and that's how I would rather have it, where I want them you know, looking for help instead of me begging them to work with us. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we definitely, we don't sell the whole marketing agency to client relationship. You know, I know a lot of agencies do that, but we, we're in it for the partnership. We want to work with these companies for 10 years. So if they come to us and say, Hey Luke, I need you to do marketing and save my business, you know, do it now. I'm like, no, that's not how this works. So, you know, we want to work with the companies that are like, Hey, we've seen your stuff on social media and we like what you're doing with your other companies. Um, how does this work? Like, how can we work with phaser marketing? And then we kind of go into those conversations. So really it's just, you know, I haven't had a ton of conversations with people that don't want anything to do with me Mm -hmm. just because, you know, I don't really want to waste my time either, but I will try and add value as much as I can, um, you know, to the marketplace through podcasting, through social media, and really just uh, promoting our clients' websites. So, you know, Black Iron, just showing that off and showing what we're doing and why and why it makes sense for him. And then that way they can see it and be like, okay, maybe we do need this for our business, you know, to take care of it for the long haul here. It's amazing what social media has done for, you know, the marketing yeah. side of things for all industries, but construction in general, you know, I, I just started mine for my, my, I do residential construction and I just started Instagram yeah. and I was like, you know, just did it for fun and holy crap, the amount of, you know, con, you know, yeah. calls I'm getting messages, you know, Hey, I love what you're doing, but and I don't even have that much content, but just yeah. how fast it got my face out there. It's, it, it's mind boggling, you know, and I feel old, you know, <laughs> I'm like, well, what is that going to, I was against it. And then finally I did it and it's, it's changed my, my way of, you know, marketing myself tenfold. And you're talking about Absolutely. OnlyFans, correct? D- yes. That's my OnlyFans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll drop my, I'll drop my plug at the end. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now, how do you, Definitely. how do you guys capture when you're trying to market for somebody? What are you looking for to stamp the brand label on them yeah so for one there's uh there's three things that we look for in a partner you know a potential partner for us for one they gotta care about their brand long term uh two you know they can't be afraid to cut a check and you know that's just we you know we used to work with some penny pinchers and it was just stressful for everyone involved yeah that's uh, so the worst can't be afraid to, yeah so you know just can't be afraid to cut a check and plan for the future and then the third thing, honestly, is, you know, they either have to be bad at digital marketing or they don't have enough time as an owner to kind of do everything, which obviously is most businesses. So if we can, uh, if they fit into all three of those categories, like we'll definitely, you know, work with them and take them on. But um, yeah, we try and vet both ways. It's like, you know, are we a good fit for them and are they a good fit for us? So what's your process once you you kind of connect with a customer? What's your process for determining kind of the course of action? Yeah. So it's a great question. So we have, uh, when I started the business, I noticed something uh, in business and it was just chaotic and crazy. You know, there's so many things going on. So what I wanted to do is offer simplicity to the business owner. So instead of, instead of looking at the hundreds of things that we're going to be doing for their digital marketing strategy, Mm -hmm. I just want them to see three simple phases and that's where the name came from. Uh, so phase one, we're going like to set your that. foundation. Yeah. I was wondering yeah. where the phaser came from. Yep. So phase one, we're going to set your foundation. That is, you know, set up all your social media accounts, make sure your ad accounts are all cleaned up, ready to go. Any graphic design work, you know, Facebook headers, things like that. Mm-hmm. Website, um, all the basics. Like, let's set a good foundation. So that way, when we head to phase two, we start to grow your brand. That means, you know, we're posting more. We start talking about an ad budget. Like how do we get more eyes to you? 
um, you know, we start really driving traffic through some SEO stuff that we're doing. And then phase three, then we're going to dominate your market. So now that you're already, you know, picking up steam, it's been a year, it's been two years, whatever it is. Now it's like, how do we keep this up and pour more gas on this fire that we've built and dominate the market? And, you know, it, it looks different for uh, certain companies, you know, that, that doesn't always look the same, but basically what is their goal and how can we help them achieve that goal and how can we do it together? Because yeah. it's, it's not like they hire us and they say, Luke, here's my revenue goal. It's 4 million. Make it happen. Like, it's about building a relationship and keeping things going. Yes, absolutely. So we, we definitely, it's, you know, at 50, 50 partnerships, like we're going to be in your corner, you know, as your digital marketing team, but we also need you to be out there doing the right things, delivering the work, um, you know, going above and beyond for your customers. Cause it's just not going to work if it's all on us. Yep. I got a question for you with all yeah. your guys' businesses that are running. And this is kind of just in general for all entrepreneurs. How do you guys find time for yourself in your personal life? Well, that's why they're jerking it in the machine. You you got to make time. <laughs> Rubbing yeah, it that's, a, that's a that's a really good question. I'm actually a huge advocate on that of you know finding your why and going after that, and really just that that balance that you need to try and get in your life. So uh, what I do, um, you know, most of my day is set up through a calendar. So I'm very calendar based. Like, you know, this call is in my calendar and I know exactly what I'm going to be doing that day. Um, and then, you know, I set time aside. So on Mondays, every Monday night, my wife and I have a date night, no matter what, no matter what work is going on. If there's somebody wants me on a podcast, if somebody wants to call me, it's no Monday nights to that. Uh, Thursday is my CEO day. So I do everything that works on the business instead of in my business. Yeah. So I cancel all my meetings on Thursday. Uh, and I simply work on my business, work on the team, work on, um, you know, finances, budgeting, strategy, all that. So doing splitting my week up like that has really helped me uh, be able to turn it off, you know, by five, six o'clock at night and then, you know, spend some time, you know, with my wife as well. Man, I got to get on your level. I got to start planning better. Yeah, holy shit. <laughs> you know what? I've been trying to get you guys to use a calendar for like three months now. No, I trust oh, me. I got the calendar going. That's I've true. been using a calendar for 20 years and I don't even look at yeah, it. The, the problem with Rick's calendar is it's in his back pocket and it's covered in ass sweat. and <laughs> <laughs> Screens those, all cracked. Yeah, and it says like credit uh, union on the cover of it because it was the freebie pulled off the calendar. <laughs> Now, Rick's old school. Rick's old school, yeah. Now, with your dedicated to your company like that, do you also hold that standard for your employees too, or do you work them like meals and just expect them to be a machine all day? No, man. You got to practice what you preach. Um, you know, we have a book that all the time. Yeah, you got to. You know, it's it's so much more than just our work that we do, and I'm tr I try to be very invested in their lives. You know, if somebody buys a new house, you know, try and jump on their housewarming Zoom call, and like, um, you know, one of them's graduating from college coming up, so I'll send them a gift card here, and just being more involved and in their goals as well. So we actually work with a lot of other marketing agencies in the dirt world, and that seems backwards. Like, why would you do that? Aren't they competition? But I don't see it that way. I see it as like, if I can help these guys um, succeed or like if they can help me get some work fulfilled, yeah. you know, it works for both of us. Really at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, the people, whether that's the people on your team, the people behind the brands that we're working with, or, you know, the people outside of business. And that would be, you know, your family and your friends and really just taking care of those, uh, those people. 
So how many companies roughly, and I, we don't have to get way into your numbers, but just ballpark, how many companies are you guys roughly working with now? Yeah. So we've got 11 full-time partners around the country, um, you know, kind of scattered all around. And we're, so those are just the guys, the companies that pay us full-time and we, you know, I've been working with some of them for over two years. And then um, we also have about eight website projects going right now. And then we'll, that will be moving into uh, that full-time partnership as well. So that's kind of a natural, um, I guess, sequence is, you know, somebody will reach out and they'll say, Hey Luke, you know, I don't know where to start. I'll take a look. And usually it's, they need a brand new website. So let's do the website. Then once that's done, let's talk about our full-time partnership. Cause you don't want to get, have this nice fancy website and then do nothing with it. Exactly. So, uh, that's, that's kind of where our full team would come in, but we also want to make sure that they're ready, you know, for that investment, like we talked about and aren't going to, you know, bow out six months down the road. And, and, uh, yeah, we want to make sure that so you we're got a pretty, all pretty solid vetting, to, uh, uh, procedures. Eh? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess you could say that it's not too serious to yeah. be honest. It's more of just like, I ha- jump on a phone call with them and I can kind of tell, you know, like talking to you guys, talking to Luke, talking to some of our other partners, you can tell, you can hear it in their voice. Like, no, with yeah, that man, being said, I, I, do you think we have, yeah. uh, what it's, you know, what it takes to be one of your clients? <laughs> man, we'd have to go through that on another call. <laughs> You're asking the wrong question. They're on our podcast. We're supposed to be asking for sponsorship, yeah, not right? to spend money. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. I'm a horrible salesman. That's right. <laughs> He's old school, man. Oh, that's good. So, uh, Luke one, do you have any desire to work in the field to get field experience? And Luke two, have you ever pressured Luke one to get into the field to get some field experience? Um, yeah, absolutely. I have. I always tell him whenever he's around that he's got a full day ahead of him because we're sticking him in a skid steer. Yeah. You got Now, how does that go when you put him in the skid steer (laughs) or that hasn't Um, happened yet? We'd probably put him on the soil pile and just say, Hey, (laughs) move from A to B and see how he does. You know, we, we know another individual in the marketing realm that has a story about a skid steer and a dirt pile. Do, Do you think it would be a similar story where it rolled over on its roof? Oh, we would probably dude. put it on rabbit for him, or excuse me, uh, turtle, just to be safe. Fuck it, you had it right the first time. Yeah, rabbit. trial by fire. You put that baby in rabbit mode and <laughs> let him go to town. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, boys. I just got to say, you know, it. I've never operated a skid steer, never been in an excavator, but it is on my list. Seriously, it's like this summer. Like Luke and I talk about, it. he's like, yeah, I'm gonna stick in a skid steer. I'm like, dude, let's do it. I. uh Definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, that's pretty. I'm kind of in your your shoes, Luke. uh, One like, uh, so I'm in the building trades, and I was a superintendent for years prior to me starting my own company before COVID, and I never had the chance or the opportunity to get Mm -hmm. myself in a seat of any piece of equipment, and. Here comes Rick and uh, Brian the other day. They're oh, like, we're hey, get this cherry. address and uh, you're going to get in the skid steer. We just got this new mulching head and you're just going to tear through these woods. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And sure enough, 20 minutes after just like pointing me in the direction, just ripping down these trees and just, it was fucking nice. glorious. Yeah. Didn't fuck up anything other than the, you know, the beautiful mother nature. The relationship with your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, we apparently got a little off the beaten path there and his neighbor came over and <laughs> yeah, Elmer, Elmer fought that fucking guy, man, whatever. He's just a tree hugger. We cleaned it up. Well, yeah, it looked well great. that's what he was upset about is we cleaned up the trees. You're hurting the deer habitat. You know, you're 
over the property line. So, well, it's power lines. <laughs> like it's an easement. <laughs> yeah. We're about to take time in logging, too. So, yeah, they're getting my feet wet in the logging industry and everything, man. It's pretty That's wild. Cool. That's so, super cool. Yeah. What, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, Rick and I, he's like, hey, uh, he jumped in my passenger seat and we just started driving around, you know, the back 40 of, uh, yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> and just looking at uh, properties and he's teaching me what to look for when I'm just driving aimlessly, you know, for trees and what forests that have old lumber in it. And all of a sudden I'm like, hey, hold on, I get in my honey app and I kind of did an overview and I'm like, that looks pretty good. So all of a sudden, boom, boom, boom. And I call the, the homeowner. I'm like, hey, uh, we're uh, such and such and uh, we're looking to purchase trees. And he's like, Rick's looking at me like, how the fuck did you just get his I didn't number? I know there's an app for Cotton has dude's cell so, phone on you know, his here phone. We are. 20 minutes later, right? I sold a 157, what, 157 uh, tree you know, purchase. So yep. it was pretty badass. So that's what I'm getting into now. <laughs> and now Matt is all about that wood. Oh, all about the wood. <laughs> you swinging it. Look at you go. Yeah, right? No, I'm really good at sales, just not when it comes to, uh, you know, getting sponsorships. Yeah, I was about to say, not when it comes to the podcast. What the fuck? I'm a people person. So, so that being said, uh, Luke 2, now I'm getting my Luke's confused. Luke 2, uh, any desire to get into some of the off-the-beaten-path kind of areas of the industry, like forestry or anything like that, or you think you guys will stick pretty well to dirt work? We'll probably stick pretty well to dirt work because, again, in North Dakota, we're super flat up here. So if we see trees, we usually leave them because I'm a big hunter and pheasants live in the tree rows. So oh, yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're flat. We've got a couple hills, but that's about it. So we'll just stick to moving the dirt probably. So when are you going to kind of wise up and, and get out of Minnesota? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, my my dream is honestly to live in Texas. I would love to live in like the Fort Worth, Houston area. Um, you I don't want to do Houston. Yeah, As a Texan, you don't want to do Houston. Dirty. Well, you better go. It's booming. It's Yeah, it is. So Texas is booming like crazy. You can't freaking throw a rock without hitting a huge dirt job. But really? Houston is the sweaty armpit of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> So I just, Sounds. I saved you. Here's where I'm going to go full opposite of Totten. I just saved you a phenomenal amount of fuckery. I'll bill you for that later. <laughs> All right. Send me, send me a bill to Luke at Phaser Marketing. You got it. Absolutely. Oh, that invoice is go. headed your way. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, no. I, I don't really know anything about Texas, so thank you for saving me on that. But I just love, I'm a, I'm not a cowboy at all, but I love that, like, feel, the cowboy feel. Yeah, cool. it's so I would say stay away from Austin if you say, love the cowboy if you like feel. Cowfield, do not go to Austin. Yeah, Dallas, Fort Worth is going to be anywhere in West Texas is going to be right up your alley, but it's ugly as shit out there. So it's really what you want to uh-huh. do. <laughs> now, how are you guys marketing now with like the labor shortage that comes to mind anymore? What are you guys doing that's pulling the younger generation in that we always hear the young generation don't want to work? It's they can't hack it. They can't make it. Obviously, these people are very intrigued in getting into this field. How are you guys kind of breaking the mold of way the way the old people used to talk about it? Mm, I feel like what makes us different is that, again, the technology side. There's a skill that a lot of people can harness because that's kind of what they grew up on was, you know, this technology era. And they've, they've done very well with learning their cell phones or iPads or whatever it is. To where that almost makes it appealing to where 
you know, your your proud generation or these older guys are like, oh, these guys can't fucking move a shovel. Well, it's not about, you know, moving a shovel. It's how can we make this shovel productive? Yeah. And I think that's what people see. And that's kind of the missing piece of the marketing side is we want you to come work for us because we see your headspace is more geared toward that technology side. So we need to adapt more of that. And the people that aren't getting employees to come on probably don't have that technology piece. Um you know, really figured out yet either. Now, was it tough for you guys to show up to your first job, you know, as, you know, me and the, the contractor, you show up with all your equipment and there's a bunch of guys with no beards, you know, just a bunch of young kids showing up. Like, were they caught off guard by that? And did you guys, how did no. you guys prove them? You thought the high school football team showed up. Yeah, literally they did. Um, honestly, there was probably some animosity with people that are like, what the fuck do these guys know? Yeah. But, but again, with the machines that we have, it makes us, obviously, they have skill with operating, but with the technology on side, they're like, holy shit, these guys know what they're doing, mm-hmm. but it's all embedded. So it just makes it, you know, it, it makes us look a lot better. Too. Yeah. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I, I'm just sitting here thinking, you know, like if I had a, a crew show up to dig a basement or do, you know, site grading or whatnot, and they showed up and they looked like they were 20 years younger than me, I'd be like, what the fuck is going to go on here? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Guys? Oh, 100%. And I'm sure people have looked at us like that, yeah. but. Well, that's awesome. I, you're, I, hey, you're, you're, sounds like you're doing really well. So you've definitely proved yourself. So let me ask you this. That being said, are you guys struggling to find people or have you, this is, I'm genuinely asking out of curiosity now. Or, or do you think because you are of the younger generation, more people are approaching you because they feel comfortable approaching you for a job? There's a lot of people that I feel like are pretty, pretty comfortable approaching or, you know, sliding into your Instagram DMs on a story like, hey, if you ever are looking for an operator position, let me know. I'd love to come work for you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I haven't had a problem finding people yet. Um, now, would you attribute that yeah. to your age or to being on social media? That's that's kind of where I'm. You're really piquing my curiosity. the The thing with social media, I think I think it's more social media based because my my social media accounts are separate. You know, and a lot of people that are following these social media accounts, they don't know who I am. You know, yeah. I'm not. I'm not the face of the company. All of my guys are the face of the company. So that could attribute to it as well because they are younger and people could see that, but they don't know, like they don't know me because again, I'm not in any of the pictures. I'm always taking the pictures. Yeah. Interesting. So that's, that's pretty consistent with what, um, is, I think you guys probably know we, we had Taylor white on and that was one of the things that was really evident when he was talking about it was how much social media had impacted him on the hiring side. And I think that's where a lot of these companies are just totally out of the loop. They think social media is a waste of time. No one wants to see pictures of us digging in the dirt, not realizing that, no, those pictures of you digging in the dirt and establishing your presence is what letting it, that's what's letting the younger generation see that you even exist. Mm -hmm. They just keep putting up bigger signs in front of their building. Now hiring bigger letters. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't attract anybody. That makes people run farther away, I feel like. Yeah, almost definitely. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, what makes you say that? Just out of curiosity, what what about that makes people run? It shows me that they're not creative, that they're just like now hiring sign. You could probably put some dollars to it to find a better audience 
than putting a now hiring sign off the front of the road of said road and you might get an applicant, right? That just shows me lack of lack of care mm-hmm. and then again lack of creativity. You know, for me, I, I I agree with the sentiment that it makes me not want to go there. For me, it's not so much the lack of creativity. I just and it didn't occur to me until this conversation. I immediately assume you're gonna pay shit wages because that's the amount of effort you put into finding yeah. someone is you Correct. went and made a cheap billboard or a banner to put out on your already existing building. You're not, you're not dedicating it. Yeah. You, you're not investing in the job search. Oh, I've seen so, some just Sharpie. Oh yeah. So you're <laughs> clearly not going to invest in the person you hire. So Correct. interesting. It, it, it feels like, Oh, I'm just another person at that. That's the vibe. Yeah. 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 Just absolutely. another number. Interesting. Just well, get the job done for the next week and then you'll be gone. I feel like yeah. out of this whole podcast, that was the nugget right there. I feel like I really learned something. Mm. That was good. That was good. That was, good. That was really good. Learned something over there. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, hey, guys, it was a pleasure having you on. I think we're going to wrap it up here. But with that being said, I want to ask both of you guys, uh, what would be your dream job if you'd change anything? You have to pick which Luke goes first. Uh, Luke one, you go first. You guys got me confused. Am I Luke one or Luke? McLovin. McLovin. I'll go. I'll go. (laughs) Sorry. Dream job. Um, man. So obviously I love what I do now, but dream job. Um, I'd love to be, I love investing in businesses. Um, not only just my time, but you know, seeing them, um, go through with it. So honestly being like a a shark on shark tank, that'd be my, my dream job. Just get to run. run That's a good one. That is a good one. That's, that's probably one of the better answers we've had to that question. Oh, there we go. That's sweet. Who would you sit next to Mr. Wonderful or. Yep. I'd take Mr. Wonderful on my left and Mark on my right. All right. (laughs) Ski pulling. That's, that's, that's a pretty tight (laughs) spot to fill, man. Between those two guys. That's, that's pretty good. All right, Luke yeah, Two, what you got for us? I was just trying to think of that because, like Luke said, I love what I do and I wear a couple different hats. But honestly, if I could have any job, it would probably be Mike Rose's job because Fuck it yeah. doesn't matter what you're doing. You could be doing the worst job and you could tell people this fucking sucks and you have no repercussion for it. Yeah, yeah, dude. He, he's I think all of our idols. You know, it's just absolutely. You know. Yeah, he was the yeah. first guy really to. Break into the industry. Break the ice of how. Hey, we need to showcase the trades and actually place value on the trades. Instead of it being the alternative route, he was kind of the first Mm -hmm. guy that was like, no, you guys should be fucking proud of what you do. His people were just up here campaigning in Michigan. Were they really? Yeah. Well, I wish I would have known that. that I would have, I would have, yeah, I would have gone down there and tried to get this. Hey, you guys interested in a sponsorship? You were in Texas. <laughs> oh, son of a bitch. Well, well thanks guys for joining us. Yeah, tonight. this has been awesome. Thank pleasure. you guys. Yeah, thank you guys. We appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it, boys. Absolutely. Well, thank everyone out there for listening. And as always, you know the spiel. Apple platform. I'm not even going to say it because you already know. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Share, comment. I don't know. What do you say, Matt? Just go on our Just shit. Just go on our shit and like, and like it. Share. Yeah, absolutely. And then, <laughs> uh, by the way, Luke and Luke, plug your shit real quick. Yeah. So if you want to check out, you know, follow along with myself, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, LinkedIn for sure. And you can follow Phaser Marketing. Uh, you can also check us out at phasermarketing.com. Now, I think we lost the second Luke. Can you plug his stuff? Do you know any of his stuff? 
Absolutely. So Luke Payne, you can check him out. Same thing. Uh, BlackIronDirt.com. Uh, we built his website, so definitely on there quite a bit. And um, yeah, check out the Dirt Bags podcast as well. That's on all streaming platforms. And Luke and I co-host that show. In um, episode one, we actually had Aaron Witt on. So if you haven't nice. listened to it yet, go go check it out. And uh, yeah, it's a laid back, organized podcast. Where we Hell yeah, I'm going to start giving it a listen. Have a, yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks again, man. We appreciate it. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming on. And you guys listening, have yourselves a great night. We'll catch you on the next episode of Swag and Grind. Peace.